Welcome to the I Want to Know podcast. I'm Josh Spector, and I am your host. If you don't know who I am, I'm the creator of the For the Interested newsletter, which you can check out at fortheinterested.com. If you're new here, welcome. This podcast exists to help creative entrepreneurs get their questions answered. Typically, I invite a guest on to ask me three questions and then help them figure out how to grow their audience and business. But today, I've actually got three guests for you. That's because what you're about to hear are three excerpts from one of my recent Jam Session Q&As. Let me explain. I offer a product called Skill Sessions, which you can check out at joshspector.com sessions. They're a series of one-hour video presentations where I teach you how to do things like grow your newsletter in five minutes a day, get more clients, create a product in a day, and define your niche. When you become a Skill Sessions member, you get access to all those sessions, plus you get invited to join me for a monthly Jam Session Q&A, where I give members specific feedback and suggestions on anything they're trying to figure out. You can kind of think about it like mini consulting. So what you're about to hear is some advice I gave to three different members in a recent Jam Session. I shared tips on how to improve your sales and pricing page, how to build your content library, and how to capitalize on a viral social post. To start things off, here's the advice I gave Rob Roseman to improve his sales page. So talk to me about what you, or you just wanted some general feedback or? Yeah, well, on your podcast, actually, you kind of questioned why I was doing a yearly subscription and mm -hmm. I realized that it wasn't good for anyone, for them, because <laughs> they couldn't get the value and for me, because I couldn't deliver over a year. So we. Mm -hmm compressed it to a like a three-month thing where they're getting featured on the instagram getting thousands of views on their content mm -hmm. and also brought on a va who's been really good and can like one-on-one -on -one work with somebody so tightening up the offer but still trying mm -hmm. to make it like obvious where somebody says sign me up yeah okay so let me ask you a question let me I'll, I'll give you a sort of couple again we're just sort of doing this on the fly so i'll yeah. you know take it with a grain of salt your target audience, I know we've talked about this a bit before, but like, do they, when you say divorce professionals, will you're talking, because I'm assuming you're talking about like divorce lawyers and that kind of stuff, right? Correct. It's will they, if a divorce lawyer or somebody's watched, you know, happens to be seeing this and they see divorce professionals, will they know you're talking to them? By the time they get to this, I think it's implied, like it's kind of, it's not like broadcast. It's like mm -hmm. they schedule a call. Here's some more info. So yes, it could be, I guess we could say divorce lawyers, coaches, and mortgage brokers, if that was a little bit tighter. So, so I, It's just something to think about. Again, I don't know what they're going through it before getting to this page, but you want to make sure that they feel like they're, you're speaking to them. And maybe it's not in the headline, but maybe you add another line somewhere that yeah. makes it like abundantly clear, like, oh, this is for me. Yeah. The other thing is I would probably flip the order of this because I think the thing of these things, the thing they want most is probably getting more clients. Right. So I'd probably lead with that. I also, this is really, so it's interesting, right? This gets into sort of features, benefits, whatever. This is really the thing they want, right? Get more yeah. clients, grow their business, whatever. Growing their audience, showcasing their expertise are sort of tactics that help them do that. But the actual benefit is we're going to help you grow, grow your business and get more clients, right? And maybe, you know, get more for their marketing dollar or whatever. Maybe it's, you know, reach, you know, grow their audience 
again, if I'm a divorce lawyer, it's interesting, right? Because this is like creator speak, right? No divorce lawyer is going, I want to grow my audience. I want more leads. I want to get in front of divorce people. That like, so I think you want to talk in their terms and emphasize that, right? So I would talk about, again, grow business, get clients, get leads, showcase your expertise to recently divorced people or, you know, whatever, whatever it is to your ideal clients, that kind of thing. Okay. So $8.99 a month, be guests on the podcast, get 10 pieces of content, share your content. Same thing here, right? So these are not that I wouldn't include this stuff, but it's almost like I just want to tweak the perspective and always be reiterating that like, this is going to help you. It's not, not just that you're going to get 10 pieces of content. It's that you're going to get 10 pieces of content tailor-made to attract recently divorced people, right? So it's like just re constantly repeating the specificity of your audience, right? You know, it's not just that you'll share your content. It's that you're going to get in front of every month. You're going to reach, you know, not just 21,000 followers, 21,000 divorced people with problems they need to solve. Right. 71. It, it's a bit of a stretch, but it's probably true. Right. 71 million people, 71 million divorced people are watching our stuff every time. Mm -hmm. And we can put you in front of you're just constantly reinforcing what they actually want, which is that connection. It's not the sort of the content, the, the whatever. Does that make sense? Right. Yeah. It's semantics, but it's just the sort of positioning right. of it. Right. I like that. Again, same thing here. Like, yes, you're going to list them in your directory, but really you're going to get featured in a directory that a thousand divorced people who are looking for help are going to get, are going to check out every month. So just that right. slight. Just that slight tweak, right? Because what you want is you want someone to come away from this and go, my problem is I need clients, I need leads, I need whatever. I need these people who are looking for someone to solve the problem that I can solve to know I exist. That's your entire pitch, right? Right. All the rest is just how we do it. And you might even say like, here's what we're going to get you. You're going to get in front of X, Y, and Z people. Here's how we do it. And that's where you get into the, you get featured here, you get featured here, you get featured there, right? Here's what you get. Here's how we get you mm -hmm. kind of thing. <clears throat> the here's how we get you that is sort of secondary yeah. to the result. I added some testimonials below of like lawyers and coaches that actually got clients from it. So yeah, that's show right. the results. Peter actually has a good point here. Is there a less expensive tier? I know a lot of people do three tier where it's like the really small one, middle, mm -hmm. and then the custom. And I was trying to think of, is there a small thing? It's almost like your newsletter ads where it's like, mm -hmm. maybe you get four shares on our Instagram for a hundred dollars or something like that. Do you think that kind of is like, a well, nice let me ask you a question. What, what do you think happens if they do like one? Well, also, let me ask you this question. Of all these things, what do you think they think? What is the most valuable? Well, the podcast is where we generate all the content. And then 
I think the most valuable thing is that it's shared on a bigger platform than their own. So right now they're going on podcasts, they're getting mm-hmm. to their 38 followers. We're saying right. we're NBC News for divorced people or whatever. So get using our distribution, our audience, I imagine is the key. So what if, could you offer a sort of one-off, let's say someone has a piece of content, right? They wrote a blog post, they appeared on someone else's podcast, they did whatever. You have the ability to amplify it. And maybe that's a one-off purchase thing. And so if, I, if I'm some lawyer who you know, did a podcast, 20 people heard it, I have it, and I can pay you whatever for you to share it. And all of a sudden, the thing that 20 people heard 2,000 people heard and four people contacted me. Now all this is a much easier sell. Mm-hmm. Right? Would you, do you think that's so like that a tier might, where that, you would list that? Would you say? Do you think that would be like almost like a tier, like an entry level? Or is that Could like be. on a call yeah. say, if yeah. we want to just try it, we do it. Yeah. 100 bucks. We'll yeah. And you know what? You could even call it, you could even call it like a distribution service. Right? Like if you think about it, like there's, dis- I'm making this up, but there's, there's distribution only, and then there's sort of content creation plus distribution. Because, mm. you know, because there's going to be some people that are like, I don't care about you creating content. Like, and what you might, it'll, it'll also give you a way to gauge, like, what do they really value? Because maybe there's people out there that are like, you know what? Like, I just want the distribution. Like, I already got someone doing social stuff for me, but nobody sees it. So that will be, so that's what I would do. I would create a low end sort of one-off thing. And if that gets interesting to people and people like it, that maybe even builds up into bigger packages as well, right? Mm -hmm. Where it's like, there's a distribution only offer where once a month we push your thing or whatever it is. That's kind of a lot Um, of what you do with your newsletter ads. It's like, hey, get in front of my audience. Here's a cheap way to do it. All right. That's good. That's helpful. Cool. Josh. Yes. Yeah. Can I ask him a can I ask Robin a question? Yeah, go ahead. It seems like you've got a dual audience here. One is because I'm looking at your website, one is divorced people and one is divorced lawyers or whatever a divorced professional is. Have you considered a here that would be aimed at the divorced people and a tier that would be aimed at the divorce professionals? Because you're, you're basically asking them for at least $2,700 with the one tier, but is there something you can offer those divorcees, which is the bigger audience that might get them excited, you know, to sign up for a monthly, you know, premium service? Yeah, it's a good idea. And it is, my first thought is let's make everything free because divorce is so expensive anyways. But yes, the idea of like some kind of course or, you know, Bundle By the way, uh, put, putting together a virtual conference would be an interesting way to connect that thing because lawyers and those people would pay to speak and be featured at it. And all those divorced people could either get it for free or some of them might pay to be able to see a bunch of experts tell them what to do in one thing. Like that could be a really interesting one-off for, you know, maybe once a quarter you do the the WTF, you know, divorce right. con, whatever. Right, uh, it yeah. could just be a bunch of Zoom stuff. Yeah, pre-recorded. Cool. Keep it simple. Yep. Cool. As you may have noticed in that clip, I'm able to get very specific with my skill session members in these jam session Q&As and really help them figure out their specific challenges. In a way, skill session members are basically able to get some free consulting from me as part of their membership. Here's another example. 
In the excerpt you're about to hear, the advice I gave to Richard Metcalf about how to keep track of all the content he creates and make it easily accessible so he can get more value out of it over time. Essentially, I talked to him about how I think about building a content library. Here it is. Hi. Yeah. Hi, everybody. Thanks, Josh. Yeah. So I guess my question is this balance between, I think you had the idea of this content library. Um, mm -hmm. I think it's interesting. And I suppose I'm having difficulty with the kind of strategic plan sense of like, okay, I'm going to do this is my theme for the month. or I'm going to promote this at the end of the month. And I want to kind of write my newsletter or put social media posts out that support that theme versus this kind of slightly ad hoc nature of some of the content I generate. Like I'm doing a mm -hmm. podcast interview with somebody yeah, perhaps a couple of times a week that I'm getting insights from or you know, could repurpose that content or even have client conversations and I could write an article about or mm -hmm. a little post about that. But they don't always tie in necessarily with what I'm trying to talk about that month. And so more importantly, I forget what the hell I talked about with people a month ago. So I'm kind of right. feeding, generating all this content, but then I don't seem to have it at my fingertips when I perhaps want yeah. to use it two months down the row. So I'm just kind of struggling. How do I kind of balance this reactive with this proactive kind of content. Sure. So okay. I think if I'm understanding sort of part of your question is, is sort of how do I keep track of all this stuff that I've done? Right. Or like you're, you're creating stuff, you're putting all this stuff out there. Every, you know, if you follow me at all, you know, I'm a big believer in reusing content, repurposing content. And in order to do that, you need to, in some way, sort of track it. Right. So mm -hmm. I'll, I'll give you a little bit about kind of how I do that. And it's funny because this is something that Emily and I talk about all the time. I am not very organized to say the least. That is not my skill set. She is super organized. And so we've done a decent job of it, but it's something that we're constantly working on and experimenting with and sort of trying to crack, like, how do you organize this massive amount of stuff? So... I'll show you a couple of different things and ways that we do it. But first of all, I, one thing I want to say is that the way I think about content in general is you're putting stuff out there and what matters is the stuff that really clicks, not necessarily the stuff that doesn't click. So from a sort of tracking perspective, right, it's keeping track of like, oh, this really worked. And by the way, that may not be a full blog post. It might be a sentence, right? So you might be like, I put this blog post out. It did okay. But five different people replied to me mentioning this sentence, right? That sentence is sort of the key part, the key idea, whatever. So part of what can make this a little easier for you is understanding that I don't need to keep track of everything. I don't need to keep track of the stuff that didn't really work or the stuff that was sort of mediocre. But when I stumble across something that clicked and resonated with people, I need some way to sort of be aware of that, right? I need, I need that somewhere so that I can both reuse it and also potentially build on it, right? Expand on it, do more things about that idea, sort of figure it out. So that's the first thing is you're always kind of looking for what really worked, right? And, and that kind of thing. So one of the things that one of the things whoops one of the things that we do is and this is going to seem very basic but I you know I don't know that a lot of people do it so let me share my screen here for a second okay everybody can see this right okay so this is just my website so for our when we when I write the newsletter I put the full newsletter so this is last week's newsletter I put the full newsletter on here but I also pull every one of these individual items goes on here individually, 
right? So this was a link and they go as individual posts on the site. And literally it's just, you know, it's just copied and pasted from my newsletter. It's one sentence and whatever. By the way, this is probably not good for SEO. I'm not an SEO guy, whatever, I don't care. But what it does is it creates, the website becomes a searchable archive for every individual idea. So if I want to, let's say, let's say I'm looking for some, for stuff I've shared about authors, right? Just by searching author, I pull up these individual ideas. Whereas if I did what most people do, which is they just put the full newsletter on, I'd get a bunch of full newsletters and it'd be hard to search, right? So by doing this in this way, this becomes basically a searchable archive of every, everything I've ever shared in my newsletter which is both curated content and my own original stuff. So that makes it relatively easy if I know I'm looking for something on a specific topic to find it, right? Now, the same thing is true with my podcast. So if you go on YouTube, you know, so my podcast goes on YouTube. Again, I put the full episodes and I put usually three clips from each show. Besides searching YouTube in general, you can, I may need to expand this a little. Where is it? You can, if you search on a channel page, you, you will search just from that channel, right? So for example, let's say that I want to find stuff from my podcast about content. Here we go, right? These are clips and some full episodes, but clips where I talked about content. So it's not perfect, right? But as opposed to like, it, you know, this is doing the work for me by using those search engines and I don't have to have some other thing that's tracking every single little whatever, right? That said, let me go into Emily World here for a minute. Like, whoops, here it is. So this is a notion board where Emily, who pulls the clips and uploads the episodes and all that of my podcast, this is her creation, how she tracks everything, right? So it has the descriptions, it has, these are the clips from each individual episode. So if I want to upload like the actual files. So this is a little more elaborate tracking, although she's using this as much to sort of keep track of the backend process as opposed to like, well, how do I go find whatever? But if I want to, you know, every once in a while, this will come in handy where I'm like, oh, I know I did that episode about selling newsletter ads and I want to find one of the clips and whatever. So I'm not suggesting you necessarily need to do this, but I, since it's some, it's one of the ways that we track stuff, I figured I'd share it. Now, on a really basic level, so this is Workflowy, which I've talked about before. I use for everything. It's a to-do list. It's a, you know, it, it's basically just these bullet points and you can drop stuff in there. Obviously, this, these are the dates I've fallen behind. I haven't done this in a month or so. But for a while, for, for several months, I stuck with it. I was posting basically a thread a day on Twitter. And what I would do is I would put each day's thread in here, a link to the thread, how to create bits. And then this number was the number of impressions. That was sort of how I was measuring performance, right? Repost, like this is one that did well. And so I reposted, right? And so I would just put repost, right? But so this was a super basic way of going, you know, I knew I was doing a thread a day. So literally I'm just doing this manually. It's not, you know, it's not elaborate. It's not anything, but each day I would just cut and paste the post and put, you know, how it did. 
And then I'd bold the ones that did, you know, particularly well, right? This one had 8,000 impressions, whereas most of them were less. And you can see I did this for several months, right? So like going back to February, right? Oh, the other thing actually I forgot to mention is the bold wasn't just that it did well. The bold meant I had reshared it in, so sent as daily, right? Meaning I sent a link to this tweet as one of my daily newsletters, right? So this is an example of, again, I think a lot of times people overcomplicate it. So you literally could create a spreadsheet, a document of something. And you go, anytime I have a piece of content somewhere that works well, or that I think I might want to use again, I'm just going to drop it in there. And if nothing else, you have a sort of greatest hit, you know, I'm tracking everything here because I was also trying to gauge what's working better and what's not. But even if you just created a basic list, a basic document, a basic something like that, you wind up with your greatest hits, right? And you can categorize it as much or as little as you want. Does that, does that all make sense? Is that helpful? Yeah. Yeah. What we're learning is you, what you're not, you're not really creating a database of all the content centrally. You're kind of more trying to track it where it actually it lives on Twitter yeah. or, or YouTube. Yeah. And again, I think with all this stuff, like there's no right or wrong way to do it. Right. I like, to me, I think what I have found the key is, and again, it's weird me talking about this since I haven't been doing it in the last month, but the reason why it lasted for six months is because it was very simple and easy to do. Workflow is also available on my phone. Like, I think that's the key. Whatever system you're going to come up with to track this stuff, don't overcomplicate it. Because if you set up a system where you're like, I have to enter the URL and I have to enter six different categories and I have to do this or that, you're creating a lot of friction, which is going to lead it to feel like, you know, it's going to take more time. It's going to become a task and you're going to be less likely to do it. So I would, you know, figure out like what is actually the most important to you. That's also why I said, really, all that really matters is tracking the hits. Like the mm -hmm. other stuff doesn't really matter. If you, you know, if it didn't really work, you're probably not really going to reuse yeah. it anyway. So yeah, I think my point, yeah, just track the 10% or 20% yeah. actually. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And that makes a huge, you know, it makes a huge difference. Like honestly, the, the, the reposting. So I decided just sort of randomly, I'm going to repost stuff, you know, three months. So if a thread works really well, well, I'm going to repost that thread three months later. And literally I did it by date. So it was like, if on February 15th, this thread did well, then on whatever it is, February, March, April, May, you know, on May 15th, I'm going to post the same one. So like just trying to remove the decisions and the thinking and just going, okay, like here it is. So yeah, that, that's yeah. my recommendation. Yeah, that's really great. Thank you. Cool. The third jam session excerpt I have for you today is a conversation I had with Andrew Methvin, who recently had a tweet thread go viral and was trying to figure out the best way to capitalize on it. I not only suggested what he could do and how I would approach it if I were him, but I hopefully also helped him avoid a very tempting and common mistake. Check it out. So I was, I was actually, I was actually going to DM you on Twitter yesterday and I thought I, I keep, I keep messaging you about things. So I stopped myself. <laughs> and then you sent the invite for the session today. So I was like, well, that is, it was meant to be. So, yeah. Good time. Uh, yeah. My, my question is, I, uh, yeah, so I did a, I posted a tweet yesterday. It was a thread of a, my, my list of top 10 Chinese language podcasts that are native language, but suitable for language learners at mm -hmm. like an advanced level. And that is totally suited to the audience of my newsletter as you know, but it's a completely different thing, but it's, it's a similar audience that would appreciate that content. Mm -hmm. uh, anyway, it, it went 
really viral. So it had around 50,000, I think now impressions, you know, hundreds mm -hmm. of likes, Great. you know, maybe 200 more readers to my newsletter. And I've, I've done this before where it was just one tweet with recommending three podcasts. And again, mm -hmm. those small tweets did really well as well. So clearly I've identified something mm -hmm. that people really want. And I'm just trying to work out the best way to capitalize on that quickly. So for example, as I said in my email, I've been wanting to do a separate short newsletter on a different platform, just using a different platform. And I, mm -hmm. I'm thinking, should I take the content I already have and just repurpose it into a really short newsletter weekly where I just pick one podcast and recommend it? Because mm -hmm. uh, I think it would do really well. And I think potentially the audience that would grow much quicker than my current newsletter, which is much longer and more mm -hmm. kind of educational based, or maybe I sh it should be a freebie and I should just give it away as a, as something to my audience to get them to sign up. I, I just don't know what to do with it. I'm wondering if, mm -hmm. if you had any advice on. Yeah. So I have a few suggestions for you. So first of all, for people that don't know, Andrew's new, describe your newsletter. For well, people. yeah, it's, it's, it's a weekly newsletter that's, uh, I take one news story each week in China and look at how it's being discussed in China, in Chinese. And then I take the in interesting language from that and, sh and, and basically share it as like a lesson format. The, uh, the target reader of people that want to keep up to date with their Chinese language skills. So it's like an advanced level. They're interested in China. They want they, and they want to just keep up to date with what's happening in China, but also with language as well. So that's the, it's very niche. And it's called slow Chinese, right? Called slow Chinese. Yeah. So let me ask you the, the thread, the thread that went viral besides people's interest in it. Did you find that the podcast you mentioned in it, were sharing it? What do you think helps smart? Yeah, some of them. So okay. uh, a lot of them on, on Twitter, but the, the three that were, one of them did share it and they, they engaged and yes. also lots of people recommend other podcasts. So my list of podcasts yeah. is getting bigger and bigger with each tweet I do yeah. on it. Okay. So my first thought is this, and I think that the sort of broader question here for, for everyone is like, you stumble across something, you're like, it's sort of associated with my niche, but it's not exactly my niche, but people really like it. Should I start this other thing? You're like, you see an opportunity there, right? Yeah. So I understand that my initial instinct is to be very hesitant to start a second thing. Because yeah. even if there's an audience for it, so like where I would come, where I would come at it is I would go, how do I use this thing that I've stumbled onto, right? That I know there's an audience here that I know there's interest. How do I use this to grow my main thing as opposed to how do yeah. I start this second thing, which yeah. even if it's successful is now going to sort of compete for your attention and take time. It's almost like, you know, that second thing having some success might actually be worse for you in the long run than because you, now you're splitting your time and you're trying to yeah. figure it all out. So so it doesn't mean you can't, but that's instinctively like I come at it and I go, all right, how do I leverage this to help sort of grow my main thing? And so I have a few thoughts around that. So one is, you know, people are interested in this. You know, there is some overlap with your niche. Maybe it becomes a recurring feature in your main newsletter, right? That part of the newsletter is the podcast of the week, the whatever, right? So very simple, but now as opposed to building two lists, you're get, you know, those people that want the podcast, they get your newsletter as well and get the other stuff and you're centralizing everything, right? The other thing, if you do that is one of the things that you've seen is, which completely makes sense, the people that you feature then share it. So if every yeah. week you're featuring a podcast 
And then you reach out to that podcast and say, hey, we featured you as the podcast of the week in our newsletter. Some of those people are going to share your main newsletter, which is ultimately what you want, right? So you're leveraging that what you've seen, which is some podcasters will spread the word when you shine attention on them, but you're leveraging it to sort of grow your, your main thing. The other thing is I would take that thread or a version of it or create an expanded version of it and create a blog post on your site specifically about that. Maybe try to optimize it a little bit for search engines. And my guess is that there are some people searching for Chinese language podcasts and that kind of thing. And maybe that can start driving people into your world as well. I don't know how many posts are out there, but you've seen clearly there's an interest in this. Right. And if you do that post again, email everyone that's featured in the post, say, Hey, I featured you. I'd love it if you would, you know, share a link to this site, which from search engine purposes, now you're going to have all these different people driving to that page on your site. Right. So this is how these are all ways that you can leverage what you discovered to grow your main thing, as opposed to starting a sort of separate side thing. Right. The other thing you could do, and you you mentioned this a little bit, is you can you could try it as a lead magnet, right? You could put together this list of top podcasts, which clearly people are interested in, and you know say, you know, hey, you can download it for free. Sign up to my, you know, everyone who signs up to my newsletter gets this list of the best whatever podcasts, right? right yeah. So as you know, and I think I've talked about before, I'm in general not a huge proponent of lead magnets. But that doesn't mean they don't work. And it doesn't, you know, it's definitely something that you could experiment with. So that's how I would, I would be, and I say this from my own personal experience because I have like over the years, I've had new ideas all the time. And I used to always like jump into it and launch it. And then I'd be like, what am I doing? Now I have like, now I'm juggling multiple newsletters and multiple stuff. That's mm. how I would think about it. But I do think it's a, you know, clearly there's interest in it. Like I absolutely would look for ways to lean into it and leverage it. I just don't know that I would start a separate thing. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. So like the, the, I think it's also, also called an opt-in, isn't it? Where you have yeah basically mm -hmm. giving it. So at the end of my thread, for example, I could have that as, cause I already have yeah. it built as a, as a table in a notion page. Yeah. Absolutely. And I'm updating it regularly. So I could, I could have the live list that's updated. The other regularly. thing you can do is you can also reach out because you have that thread and people have liked and replied and whatever. You can, you know, a lot of those people, their DMs will be open or even, you know, reach out to them individually and go, hey, I, you know, I saw you liked that post. I saw you commented, whatever. Here, I've got this thing. You know, it takes a little, a little manual time, but it's really effective. And most of those people probably will. Yeah. And then that's looking, do you think that's a good way to just get people to engage with it, to see how it can be improved as well? Or I, I just, yeah, it, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. You can ask, you know, oh, do you have recommendations? What would you add? What would you, whatever. Yeah. The other thing you could do potentially is you could on a recurring, like you might decide that, okay, once a quarter, I'm going to update, I'm going to do a sort of launch or twice a year, I'm going to do a launch of like the, the, the new updated list of best podcasts, whatever, and like create an event around it um, as opposed to this yeah, sort of ongoing thing, which is also interesting. And if you do that, you can in the lead up to it, you know, I'm putting together the, you know, the, the 20, you know, summer 2023 best podcast list, send me your recs, send me yeah. your suggestions. And then you have the launch. Here it is. It's out, blah, blah, blah. And sort of that focused kind of promotion around it might actually even work better than a sort of ongoing thing.
would you put that in the, in my paid, in the paid membership and use that to convert people? Or would you just do it as a free resource probably, to get people in the list? I'd probably do it for free. You could experiment. I'd probably yeah. do it for free. You know, you could do like the big ones as free and then maybe you do weekly or monthly updates for paid. That's yeah, something okay. you could do, right? Yeah. So it's like, you know, once a year or twice a year, there's this big free thing. But then paid members are getting stuff throughout the year. That might be interesting. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Maybe like a monthly. Yeah. No. Okay. Great. Thank you. That's oh, really helpful. Yep. I'll, I'll stop registering the domain names that I've been thinking of then. <laughs> well, by the way, you could register the domain names and, you, and put your lead magnet there. But yeah. Ah, yes, that's not a bad idea. Yeah. Okay. So, Thanks, Josh. That's really helpful. Yep. No problem. That's a wrap for this week's episode of I Want to Know. What you heard is the tip of the iceberg of what goes on in my skill sessions. So if you'd like to check them out, just go to joshspector.com slash sessions to learn more and become a member. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the I Want to Know podcast, and I will see you next week with a new episode. Have an interesting week.